is an Odyssey original. This is War in Ukraine Daily. I'm Rob Archer. And I'm Brian Ping from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has reached its 100th day. And even after thousands of deaths, billions of dollars worth of destruction, and repeated Russian failures to achieve their goals, the war rages on. With the focus of the fight in eastern Ukraine, Russia seems to be increasingly confident it can occupy and hold Ukrainian territories for the long term. And to that point, the Russians have been making progress in capturing some key towns in Ukraine's Donbass region. Ukraine's President Zelensky now says that Russia controls about a fifth of the country's territory. In the meantime, Vladimir Putin seems to be digging in for a war of attrition, hoping to outlast both Ukraine's military and the resolve of Western countries and NATO. Putin is calculating that the financial and military support from the West will soon start to level off and even decline. What might happen in the next 100 days? With us again is journalist Phil Idner. He has been covering the war since the start. Phil is now in the capital, Kiev. Thank you for joining us, Phil. Uh, so is there concern among Ukrainians that NATO and the rest of the world will turn their attention away from the war and just move on? Yeah, that's that's very much a concern here, uh, Brian and Rob. Um, the the concern is not only that it'll get, that the rest of the world might get bored or or not bored, but move you know get on to another news cycle. There, there's another concern that's that's always present here in that that there many Ukrainians are afraid that there will be a fracture within the West and that um, support for Ukraine may become a political football that's tossed around between various powers, uh, both in Western Europe and then, of course, including the United States. And so it's not just that uh, people might move on to something else. It's that uh, support might start to fracture that has people concerned. Well, that was Putin's strategy all along, right? He was playing the long game. Maybe it wouldn't go completely smoothly at first, but, uh, you know, after a while, it just keeps... Uh, grinding on, it keeps you know, sending troops out there, and uh, the resolve just weakens on the other side. Yeah, that that that's what uh, Putin. Well, Putin was hoping for a number of things. We we those who kind of look into the the Kremlin, uh, uh, you know, speculate about what his motivation was, what he was thinking, and yeah, he he did not anticipate the strong response from the West. But once that uh, response did come, it is thought he he's hoping that he can outlast. Uh, the resolve of the West. But even today, we're getting, you know, information about new weapon systems that are coming in and uh, advances uh, on, on front, some front lines, uh, some, some front uh, lines uh, retreating or, uh, you know, seeing Russian successes. Uh, so there's, there's a lot going on here and a lot of variables and, um, you know, Vladimir Putin may be hoping for one thing or another when it comes to the international community. But at the end of the day, uh, w war is a fickle mistress. And, um, you know, anything could actually happen on the ground. And that's what really counts. You know, you talk about variables. And uh, one of the variables that might be coming up is there are rumors about Putin's health. There are also rumors about Putin getting some pushback from his inner circle. What happens if, let's say, Putin suddenly dies? Is there enough willpower inside Russia's top leadership to to uh, just take the loss and pull back? Well, I, okay, so looking into my crystal ball, uh, uh, I mean, without Putin, 
I think the war effort uh, sputters significantly. Now, does does it mean the absolute end of the war and immediately Russian troops pull back? Uh, I'm not sure about that. There are a lot of hawks inside the Kremlin. And uh, there would have to be somebody who would step up to the president's office. And because of the way Vladimir Putin has structured Russia in the post-Soviet uh, era, in the post-Yeltsin era, uh, they, he doesn't have an heir apparent. There is nobody who could take over the, the reins of the control of, of the Russian Federation because anybody who's significant enough uh, to do that would pose a threat to his power. So he, he is essential to the running of the Russian Federation. And if he were to suddenly disappear, uh, I, I fear there would be a, a power vacuum within Russia and that could be as dangerous as the war in Ukraine, if not even more so. All right, so let's say that Russia were to permanently occupy and, and conquer the eastern part of Ukraine, basically all the land down to Crimea, and that's it. That's basically where the conflict ends. Uh, what does that mean for Europe going forward? Is that is that a kind of a win-win or lose-lose, or is that, can Putin count that as a big victory because of the new position it puts him in? Well, I think the the Russian Federation and, and Vladimir Putin, they had two primary strategic goals when this war began, and that was to decapitate the government in Kiev, and that's just not going to happen. That's clear. The second is to support Crimea, because that's where a, four, a, a full quarter of their naval, navy, uh, naval power is based. So for them to be able to uh, create that land bridge of which there's been much discussion, uh, and also secure the water line coming out, uh, the fresh water line to uh, the peninsula. That that actually would be a condition for victory for the Russians, and they could they could sue for peace after they secure it. The question is, um, they can take that territory, but can they hold it? And will there be a, uh, a an insurgency or a guerrilla war? Uh, because a lot of Ukrainians who, who live on that territory do not want to be part of Russia. And what then happens with Kiev sees a bunch of former Ukrainian citizens uh, desperate to, to wrest their uh, you know, freedom away from uh, the control of Moscow, will, will Kiev just sit there idly by and watch it? Or will we now fall back into the war situation we've had since 2014 out in the Donbass in, in the uh, Donetsk and Lugansk regions? Um, it, it, there's still, as I say, an awful lot of variables here. And while um, Russia may be in a position uh, to, to gain a victory uh, condition, uh, there's there's still going to be an awful lot that needs to be discussed in any kind of peace negotiation. That's Phil Littner reporting from Kiev, as he has been since the start of the conflict in Ukraine. Phil, thank you. You'll find this Odyssey original podcast and others at odyssey.com and on the Odyssey smartphone app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.